It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. What's the movie? Is it Poltergeist or the Grillo Gersers? We're back. Is that what's that for back in the 80s, Shane? You're older than I. That's uh, you, you not that much older. Way. You should know this uh, stuff. 20 years. Okay, <laughs> 20 years. Either way, we're back. Nighttime at noon is back. Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty for today's effort. And then uh, Dan Duva, Gary Lawless will stumble through the show tomorrow. But, uh, no, it's great to be back. Of course, we got the show going during the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs when, obviously, everything was going on uh, up in the bubble in Edmonton. But uh, we'll be with you here noon to one today and uh, for the foreseeable future and hopefully for a long Stanley Cup playoff run for the Vegas Golden Knights. We invite you to send us your questions. Use the hashtag nighttime at noon. Of course, uh, the Golden Knights wrapping up their fourth regular season. Hard to believe four seasons already gone uh, in the regular year for this team. And now, Shane, they um, they don't know any more today than they did yesterday, right? Because they're still <laughs> going to sit around tonight and see what happens between Colorado and Los Angeles. Um, hopefully the Kings have a better showing tonight than they did last night against uh, against the Abs and try to Try to bounce back a little bit in a game that doesn't mean anything for them in the standings, but obviously a lot of professional pride as well. Well, I'm just going to couple remarks. First of all, yeah, fourth year, fourth time in playoffs. Can we just – how remarkable that is yeah. for this organization. Uh, you know, I every now and then we're allowed to take a step back and recognize what this run's been like to be part of it. And uh, it truly is amazing. You know, obviously going to the Stanley Cup Finals in year one, kind of, you set the bar high when that happens. Uh, but they've been able to follow it up and, and, and every year considered a threat to compete for that cup final. And this year, I think maybe the best team they have had on paper and, and the best team we've seen 40 wins through 56 games, just an incredible uh, feat to be able to do that. Um, and in regards to, you know, Colorado, the Kings, I would rather see, I, I'm happy they, the Kings got completely embarrassed. I'm glad their coach, is PO'd as much as possible for the effort he saw. Because, you know, you lose a game 3-2, you think you played well, it's okay, we played well, but we lost to Colorado. And it is the last game, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys just want to get it over with, but now there's some pride to fight for if you're a Kings player. Um, that's not the way you want to be remembered. Certainly there's players like Kopitar doesn't need to worry about next season. They know he's going to be back. They know he's going to wear the C. But there's a lot of guys there that are fighting for jobs, and, uh, they have one last chance to really prove themselves against the Colorado Avalanche. And, yes, the Avs are, are strong, and everybody has them winning this game handedly. But I, I think the Kings are going to be in a different mindset tonight as we all, all us Golden Knights uh, fans and the people around here cheer for the Kings to try and uh, pull off a victory in any way against the Avs. Yeah, so we'll, uh, that, that's what it boils down to. So if you're watching tonight or you know checking on your phone what the score is uh, going to be between Colorado and L.A., all it takes is any sort of a loss for the Avalanche. Overtime, regulation, shootout, uh, take your pick, doesn't matter. Right now they're two points behind the Golden Knights. The, the, it, you know, Pete DeBoer kind of made this comment after the game last night, Shane, that it, you know that game to them last night obviously was important for a lot of reasons. They wanted to take care of their own business. They more than did that. Talk about a, you know, another blowout loss. They handled San Jose easily, 6 nothing last night, but also – to finish as high as they can. Right now, they're either one or two. That's where they're going to be in the overall standings. So down the road, come, you know, potentially, if 
you know, they get as far as the Stanley Cup final, the conference final, they would have home ice, um, and you know they could have home ice overall, uh, depending on what happens tonight. But they're either going to be first or second in the league, which was another, I think, key part of their motivation going in the last night to make sure they took care of what they had to take care of. And it can't be overlooked. Yeah, and they they come out of the West. They're the number one seed. Yeah. Uh, to the rest of the division. So you get to the final four. They're number one. They have home ice all the way through. They get the one four seeding. Uh, in the conference or whatever we're – is it conference final? I don't no, know. semifinals. Semifinals, yeah. yes. Um, but to go back to, to last night, and it's something we've heard from Pete DeBoer, from the assistant coaches when we've talked to them, about this group of guys that have had the ability in a very difficult season, as much as it is a, is a f- physical grind, it's hard to play the game, to, to find energy, to find your legs, to, to fight through injuries, to fight through bumps and bruises – the mental toll it takes. And then you add on to that a condensed schedule, isolation, COVID, uh, the restrictions. And something we continue to hear the coach and how dialed in this group was. And, and last night's a great example. You can't, you know, it's the last game of the year. You kind of, you want to get it over with. They're, they're, they know they're in the playoffs. That's where the mind is right now as a player. You're, you're excited. That, that's where the energy is. But they're able to hold it back. And to pinpoint it to that game last night, to take care of business first and foremost against the Sharks before they get in that playoff mindset. So, to me, it was just another example of what we heard all year long that, you know, Pete DeBoer, the veteran group, the leadership, uh, how close they are as a group of guys that are committed to their goal. And that's it, handling business each and every night, their ability to reset after, you know, a loss, get up for a game they needed to win, and go out and execute. Golden Knights end up winning 15 of their final 18 games of the season. Here's Pete DeBoer's comments on his team's approach going into the season finale in San Jose last night. Yeah, uh, you know, this was one of those games, a big emotional game against Colorado. Uh, We talked about wanting to to put the two points on the board and, and make them have to win their games and also you know, just just to to get forty wins and eighty two points, and and have that uh, out there in case we play someone else um, as we go through the playoff trail with with a lot of points that might give us home ice advantage going forward. So, you know, it was an important night and a little bit of a trap game, but I thought we uh, we came and got the job done like we have a lot of nights this year. Yeah, they didn't fall into the trap, right? And he mentions, you know, the game Monday, and it's probably worth just touching on that again a little bit, Shane, that, you know, 15 skaters, we all know why. They get hit with all these injuries late and inside the final 10 games, right? They can't put anyone on long-term IR, uh, with the exception of Ryan Reeves, who's been out for, I think he missed the final 16 games uh, of the regular season. So they're up against it. The worst possible, you know, kind of combination of circumstances for that game against Colorado and it's it's the only time that in now two seasons with Pete DeBoer where the post-game press conference, I, I saw him lose his patience with the media, and I can't blame him. No. Um, he thought, I, I've got to believe that his team deserved something out of that game. It was one of the If it wasn't the best game they played all year, it was one of the best, and they come away empty, and I think he had just had enough of kind of the uh, – was maybe a negative slant to some of the questions, but to – to play as well as they did, not get anything out of it, and then be able to bounce back and play as well as they did last night was pretty impressive. Well, let, let's go back to every game we play. What do, what do I do? I, I First thing you do when we're on there is I have the keys to the game. You do yeah. introduce the goalies, the keys to the game. It's always execute game plan. 
puck decisions, work ethic, good start, um, uh, you know, discipline. All those, like, I could go through all the keys we, you know, we put up there that we look for this team to have success. They checked off just about maybe the, the most clear game of them checking off everything except scoring. They couldn't yep. beat Philip Grubauer, who was really good. He was dialed in. Um, you know, the shot attempt, everything they could have done. The work ethic was off the charts. Uh, the emotion level was right. Their play, their execution with and without the puck was the best we've seen. Uh, smart decisions. They didn't try to force stuff. Uh, they were physical. Um, you know, they were good defensively. Just, you know, a couple of plays got by them. but uh, And doing it three guys short. Uh, it was one of those games that, that's really tough. They, there's games they've won where we said, well, you know, they got away with one. This one was uh, was a tough one to take just because of everything they put into it, how well they played to me. Uh, was remarkable to play with 15 skaters to play and to execute uh, consistently for that amount of time throughout that game and just fall short. So a tough one, but uh, you move on. I mean, that the biggest thing for me, the takeaway is you know that game even San Jose they they talk about they've talked about it for what, three weeks now maybe building towards playoffs. They've gotten the wins, which you know is a byproduct of them building their game, playing the right way. The details starting to add up so that when they get there, they're they're in their prime. They're hitting their stride here, heading into game one, whether it's Sunday or Monday. They're not big on excuses, right? And they kind of touched on that with us. Ryan McGill did, assistant coach, yesterday that uh, regardless of the outcome of the previous game, 15 skaters, 18 skaters, 17, they were still one short last night. Right, yeah. didn't matter. I mean, uh, just one though. It was just one. That's nothing compared to what they had to deal with on, on Monday. Um, they're able to just kind of, um, you know, focus on the on the task at hand. Now, last night, you know, our, our clip we played from Pete DeBoer, you, you were a little bit, you know, I, I do think the goals early. Petrangelo scored, you know, relatively early last night inside the final four minutes, and then another one not long after that from Colazar. I think, you know, kind of relieved a little bit of that tension, or I don't know if it was pressure, but. You know, they, they wanted to make sure they didn't fall into this. Hey, the other team's got nothing, to, you know, theoretically nothing to play for, right? They've got four or five guys up from the AHL. And they didn't fall into that last night in, in a game that really was, you know, was a mismatch on pretty much every front. Well, and it was, they were able to score early, but the way they played early, shots at 1.91, they get up to 12-1. 12-1. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't even a contest. It was a dominating performance, and, and their ability to do that, to, to recognize. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh, you look at the paper, and, oh, yeah, they got a bunch of call-ups. We got this, last game of the year. We're expected to win. But you still got to go out and do it, and, and they were. Um, so, and, and we've seen it all season long. And I mentioned you know, being able to put up that many wins, 40 wins in 56 games, yep. uh, it, that tells you the team's been dialed in, and in a scenario where you're playing the same team, you know it can get it can get a little long playing that same team over and over, and then having to beat them in you know sets those two game sets. Um, but they've been able to do it throughout the year, and now as much as we talk about this season, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but it, it's all gone now, Dave. That's it. <laughs> the slate will be wiped clean. All the stats, uh, how all the defensive stats that they led this year, the penalty kill, power play that struggled, all that is gone. It's all a new set of stats here that will start up as playoffs begin. So just one more number since we're running down numbers. So the Golden Knights have played, if my rudimentary math is correct, which is always a, a dicey proposition. Yeah. 
78 games with Pete DeBoer as the head coach in the regular season. Combined last year and this year, 55-19-4. That's pretty good. I don't know much about anything, but those numbers are pretty good. That's how many games? 78. So he was 15-5-2 last year. And this year they finished at 40-14-2. So that's a 114-point season. And yeah. still four games left in a regular 82. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, and, and last year they were, you know, they went on that great run where they, you know, they had, they ran off eight in a row at home last year, right? And then everything kind of, you know, we know what happened from there. But they start this year 4-0, and uh, never lost more than two in a row in regulation. And they had a three-game dip, but there was a shootout loss to Minnesota in there somewhere. So just um, it, it's been a heck, of a, a heck of a ride for this team. But to your point, Shane, now – all that is great. Now, and they would be the first to tell you, right, that they've taken some great steps to put themselves in a real good spot, which is either for first or second overall in the league. But now, you know, I don't want to say none of that matters because it does matter. They've done a lot of work to get here. But now, come Sunday or Monday, um, and it'll be – so here's the deal. If they play Minnesota, they start Sunday. They play the Blues, they start yeah. Monday. That's that's kind of where it, uh, where it sits right now. But um, – yeah, you've been through this. You've been on teams that had great regular seasons, right? And <laughs> and then it depends a lot of times on the matchup, right? Yeah. You get to the playoffs, it's a whole different deal. And what happened in the regular season, you hear from a lot of people, you know, who'd rather see Minnesota? Well, they want to see St. Louis because he dominated. Well, St. Louis dominated Minnesota last night. Uh, St. Louis yeah. is a little more battle-tested in playoff scenario. Yes, the regular season versus Minnesota, but – as I've been part of early in my career, regular season and playoffs, your, your success against that team doesn't matter. I've been on a team that's dominated one and cannot get past that team uh, in the postseason. So Ottawa-Toronto, right? Ottawa-Toronto. Yep. It, it, it's, a, it's a whole new scenario. I think the Golden Knights are poised to be to be good against whoever their opponent is. You have to beat whoever you play. And it doesn't. it's not easy from the start, and it doesn't get easier every round. I always think, and we're going to head to break here, but I always think it's a dicey proposition to pick your opponent. You know, you, you, get, you get the old, who do you want to play? Well, yeah, the easy answer is St. Louis because they really kind of, was it 6-1-1, I think, one against the Blues this year. And they weren't terrible against many. I think it turned out to be 3-4-1, and one, if I'm not mistaken. So roughly, you know, game under 500. But... Um, yeah, I, I think it's – look, last year they talked a lot about, and understandably so, about wanting to get the number one seed in the West coming out of the round robin. Why was that? To take, in theory, the best path, maybe the, the more easy path to get to the cup final. They never had to play Colorado, and they still didn't get to the cup <laughs> final. So it's just – you know what I mean? It yeah. just – it's how it works out sometimes. So nighttime at noon, Dave Gosher, Shane Knighty, great to be back here on the show, which we will have during the Golden Knights uh, playoff run throughout the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, before we step aside, a quick reminder for you about uh, VGK Worldwide. Join other Golden Knights fans around the world with VGK Worldwide, the official global fan club of the Vegas Golden Knights. Become a premium member by visiting VGKWorldwide.com. And uh, purchasing your kit today, premium members will receive access to exclusive merchandise, exciting contests, and specialized content. Don't miss this opportunity to be a part of Painting the Globe Gold at VGK Worldwide. So uh, we're off and running here. The Golden Knights still awaiting their opponent in the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs, but we know all the other matchups around the league. The only thing still to be decided is who's going to play who coming out of that West Division. We'll take a look around uh, the rest of the NHL and the upcoming playoffs, and we come back on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. We already have some good questions coming in. We'll get to a little later on in the show. Hashtag nighttime at noon. We'll entertain those as we move along. Dave and Shane with you. The return of nighttime at noon as the Golden Knights are poised for their fourth trip into the Stanley Cup playoffs. As Shane mentioned earlier, it's, it's uh, you know, it, it is important every once in a while to kind of take a big picture look. Cup final in year one. Year, year two is kind of a, I, I don't know, a fuzzy memory of what happened in year two. Uh, last year, conference final where they lost to Dallas, and now here they are poised to be either the first or second seed overall uh, in the NHL. And, and we should mention, too, Shane, as we start to take a look at some other series, unlike years past, obviously with everything that's changed here, the realignment of the league for, for 2021, years past it was you got a Western Conference champ and an Eastern Conference champ, right? This year, you play the first two rounds, and then they will reseed the teams by points during the regular season. That's why... Even more important that the Golden Knights were able to finish with as many points as possible. In theory, they could play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the third round of the playoffs this year. You know, depending on how things move along, but uh, well, not not how it used to be in previous years. Maybe not Toronto. Not but Toronto. But pick like somebody else, like Tampa, in the third round. Yeah, not for the Cup final. No, you can meet yeah. Tampa, who finished. You know, they finished third in their yeah. division. Think of those teams. You know, Nashville's there. Yeah, the Islanders. Boston, all that is all that Boston, up Washington, for grabs. yeah, all of it's crazy. Which would be be kind of cool if, if yeah. one of those series ended up uh, going that way. All right, so we've got uh, the NHL announced earlier today all the series, the schedule for all of them. As we said, the only one that's undecided is who's going to play who in the West Division. Uh, we can tell you, as we mentioned, the Golden Knights. If it's if it's Minnesota, they'll start Sunday, three o'clock here uh, local time. If it's Monday, it'll be the Blues, 10 o'clock East, uh, 7. Uh, am I right on that? It was those Eastern times. I think it's noon time here. Is that right, guys? Yeah, noon. Uh, my apologies. So Sunday would be noon here, all these uh, three, three Eastern. Oh, boy. So uh, scratch that. Noon time start here Sunday if it's Minnesota. And then on Monday it would be a 7 o'clock start against the Blues uh, here at T-Mobile Arena. Shane and I will take the first game off. Just because we feel like it, or because NBC is going to be doing because it NBC's uh, exclusively. Doing it. No, believe me, I we, love the. Oh, it, it it hurts my brain to not potentially be doing. Uh, well, we're not going to do the first game, so uh, either way. But then, hopefully, from there on out, um, we'll have you for the rest of the first round. So, uh, of these other matchups, Shane, and in, just in no particular order, is there one that kind of piques your interest a little more? Than another, as you look around, how all these other divisions and the matchups have sort themselves out. Well, I think there, I think there's some real neat, uh, neat. That's the horrible world. Neat, neat, swell, swell, cool. It's like <laughs> telling my kids I'm hip. Uh, I don't think they believe that anyway. But. No, some great matchups that we, you know, you don't get to see all the time. You know, the Boston, Washington. You know, they've met. You're gonna see the Islanders, Pittsburgh. I, I you know, I know I'm Canadian, but the Toronto, Montreal. Yeah. The Winnipeg-Edmonton, like these series haven't happened in so long. Uh, I think they're going to be great. And then the one we've never seen, and I think it's going to be great for the state of Florida. Uh, it's great for hockey down there is Tampa Bay and Florida. The Panthers and the Lightning going head-to-head their first ever time. Like that's Talk about building rivalries, building up the game of hockey. This is where... You know, these fan bases can start. Well, certainly the Lightning already have the big fan base, but the Panthers, 
are trying to build that fan base there, and this is really going to help it. Um, just them playing the Lightning, uh, the state of they, what's the name? The Sunshine Sunshine Showdown. showdown. Uh, sunshine so Showdown. Yes, uh, it's not easy to say. Something Dave. like that. I don't know. You tell me. Sunshine Showdown. Sunshine. I can't showdown. even say it. Showdown Sunshine. Anyways, I think that's going to be a terrific matchup. Uh, just that, along with the Canadian series, they're all going to be hard. Like you look at this and try to pick. Like even Carolina who had a tremendous season playing Nashville, who everybody thought was done. Yeah. Halfway I've, through the year, you wrote them off and the next thing you know they've been one of the best teams uh uc saros has been unbelievable in net uh the team that you thought was you know not playing up to their potential all of a sudden they are and, and they have a lot of good players and uh you know not going to be easy for carolina who you know was able to walk through that tough division and division everybody thought tampa would take hold of and they finished third um it, it's just uh, you know there's no easy matchup there's no easy round and that's the way through all four divisions. So the just I wanted to you know as a point of of historical reference here. So the Tampa Bay Lightning came into the NHL in 1992. Um, Florida came in the next year, and we know obviously the Lightning have had a, a ton of success. Stanley Cup last year, Stanley Cup in 2004. Uh, they have built a, just a powerhouse team down there. The Florida Panthers. So you know just to the point. So they've they've been in the league at the same time since 1993. They have never met. In the playoffs, a lot of that, and not all of it on the Florida Panthers, but a lot of it is they've had lengthy playoff droughts. They went from 1999 to 2010 where they didn't make the playoffs. Um, So they've had their fair – they haven't – the interesting thing I've always found about Florida, and I think this does play into a little bit of – you know, they're still trying to kind of find their foothold there in in South Florida is, is the lack of success in the playoffs. They have not won a playoff series. I'm not talking about winning a one series since they went to that Stanley Cup final in 1996 when they, you know, all the, the rats and Scott Mellenby and John Van Beesbrook. In a few years. It's a long time. They get swept by Colorado in the final that year, uh, four games to none. Not one playoff series win since then. They've had a fantastic year down there. Joel Quenville now in his second year. Sergey Bobrovsky's had a better year. They've handled Tampa Bay 5-2-1. and one. In the regular season series, and you know they'll they'll be the two seed in the division. Florida will, and Tampa Bay will be three. I'm curious to see what Tampa. Uh, the Rook. school of thought: Victor Hedman's playing hurt, yeah. and Kucherov. I, Stamkos, Stamkos, Kucherov hasn't played all year. Now he's trying to jump onto this yeah. this moving train, right in the playoffs, the biggest games of the year, the most intensity. I think that's got the at least you know as we sit and try to break it down, the, all the, the the signs of a heck of a series between those two teams. I think it's going to be a great series. Uh, there's going to be a lot of tremendous series that go on here in, in all the divisions, but that's one you know you're going to keep an eye on, and and that's good to draw attention to that area. Uh, you know, Panthers yep. have been starved for something mentioned since '96. They haven't won a series. They haven't been able to put a lot of fans in that building but this is how you build it up and, and although they've been around for a while i think this could be a start of something they got so many good young players barkoff huberto uh you know you mentioned some of the others ekblad who unfortunately that's a big loss for yeah. them got injured earlier this year was having a norris like season um it's been a great year all around not only looking at this match uh, mcdavid's up to what 104 points now it's crazy 104 crazy. matthews scored his 41st um just you know individually team wise uh you wondered what it was going to roll out how the players would be able to handle 
this condensed season and under COVID protocol and restrictions and, and isolation and the travel and staying in your home, like everything, uh, you know, real credit to the athletes this year for what they were able to accomplish. Uh, some special things that really happened around the league, uh, whether it's teams, whether it's individual. And uh, uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun to, to be a part of. Uh, it's a lot better than the alternative. So I was glad they were able to play it. And looks like we're going to be able to finish the season. Vancouver's going to take a little extra yeah. time. But uh, those games, talk about tough. They're, they're, they've got how many games? Like, they finish on the... The 18th? Uh, the 19th, I think. Yeah. Next They're Wednesday. Vancouver and Calgary. Two teams that have nothing but uh, summer plans ahead of them. Show up to the rink with the cars packed, ready to go. Uh, talk about uh, <laughs> San Jose had to do that, right? They played Saturday yeah. and had to wait around until last night to play yeah. the Golden Knights for this rescheduled game, and they were they were done a long time ago. <laughs> I can't done. imagine that. They kind of played like it, you know? It's Here's tough. the um, – Two things you maybe kind of think of. One is I don't think any of us should underestimate the grind that has no. been this year. Mentally. Players, coaches, training staff, equipment managers, living this life of semi-isolation, home and away. Um, I can't imagine what it's been like for these guys. Full marks to everybody in the league to go through it, to give us a season in 2021 and now with more – playoffs on the horizon um, obviously we haven't traveled we haven't been around the team since that last flight home yeah. from minnesota last march when the season went on pause flew back here and that's that's been it for us um yeah so just kudos to everybody who has been able to grind their way through this every day <sighs> home and away not in, in the nhl for for the, yeah. the able to risk i don't know who that who had that job of I rescheduling know. the games and fitting this in here that game against san jose last night was that the third Third time they tried to play. Third it. time they tried to yeah. play it. It just yeah. uh, all around uh, deserves a you know a round of applause uh, right from the NHL to every organization, every team, and as you said, everybody involved with the team, not just the players, the trainers, what they've gone through, uh, all the staff, the coaches. Uh, it's great, and now we're we're, we're sitting here uh, a couple more days, and we're into playoffs. Yeah, finally, which will be uh, which will be fantastic, uh, and and there is. Obviously, we're in a lot better spot now in terms of COVID. There's been talk of, you know, loosening some of the restrictions. If your team, I think, gets to 85% of your traveling party with um, with uh, vaccinations, which is is obviously a good thing. The other thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Toronto-Montreal, right? Yeah. Haven't played in the playoffs since 1979, and now they now they get a chance. Uh, the Leafs have had, just you mentioned Austin Matthews, but they've had a, a great year. Freddie Anderson seems like he's back and healthy after missing – I think it was over yeah. 20 games. Yeah, for it was them. great stats with those. I think uh, between Edmonton and Winnipeg, the you know every time it hasn't been since the 80s. Every time Edmonton beat Winnipeg in a playoff series prior, they've gone on to win the Stanley Cup. Right, but obviously that was back in the, you know the heyday of the late 80s. Edmonton had a pretty good uh, run back then. Yeah, right. Uh, the Not Oilers, a bad team, a Hall of Fame. They team. were loaded. loaded. How many how many Hall of Famers on that team? That had to be eight, At nine, least. ten. Had most of the yeah. team. Good luck with that. Curry, Anderson, Gretzky, Messier, Fure. Coffee, Fure, a how or a how low? Yes, seven low. Yep, that's just seven, just yeah, off the just off the top, top of the coconut. Yeah, they're a pretty good squad back then. Uh, yeah, the Jets have kind of kind of limped to the finish, right? They dropped eight of ten down the stretch, but. Well, 
again, doesn't matter much doesn't once matter. they once they uh, once a, they start. Yeah, you get to reset, right? There's yeah. a new excitement that comes with it, and uh, you know, the, for them, hopefully, they get a buy who I thought was their best player this year got injured, Nikolai Ehlers. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that series, by the way, uh, Jets Oilers that gets started uh, again. They don't they don't start, so they're going to start their series on May nineteenth, the same day Calgary and Vancouver are finishing <laughs> the regular season. That's how whack things are, but. Uh, we get it. That's just how it is. Um, quick reminder for you. Check out Rock Creek Cattle Company. It's a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This 28,000-acre cattle ranch has a little something for everyone. World-class golf, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available right now. Go to rockcreekcattlecompany.com for information on the uh, you could you can shoot. Uh, what do you call it up there, Shane? Clays. We were up yes, there for the draft. We were up there trying to shoot clays. It was just. I was like. I was just shooting into the air. So it's we a went shotgun. Up. It, it's yes. you know the the spread. You don't have to hit it directly. You just put it in the vicinity. It was incredible. So we were up there for our draft coverage in October at Rock Creek. Shane, who is uh, is a is a veteran uh, with the with the guns, <laughs> and uh, myself and Gary Lawless all went out to shoot clays. Gary and I combined to go two for sixty. <laughs> One for thirty apiece. I can't even. I, and, I and Gary don't know got how that was possible. And Gary got the next to last one, and I, I would have been all over him forever. I, I went one for thirty. You went over thirty, and son of a gun, he got one late. Shane was picking him off like it was nobody's business. But uh, that's just how he rolls on the mean streets of Nipawah, Manitoba. <laughs> Nighttime and noon with you today, Dave and Shane. We're going to take a look at uh, the playoff preview for the Golden Knights. All right, it's either Minnesota or St. Louis coming up in the first round. We'll get into that and lots more after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I mean, we've been through that road the past uh, three years. I mean, we've we've had good rounds and bad rounds, and we know to, uh, what to expect. I think we have a lot of playoff experience as, as, as a group, and um, for us, like, obviously we're not going to have an easy path if we, if we want to go uh, all the way, but uh, we, uh, we have the the gamers in that locker room and i'm pretty confident that we uh we could uh we uh, we could go uh, a long way here and i think uh, each other in that locker room we believe in each other and uh, it's all about gonna be um being a little lucky and play the right way and uh but for that you gotta play the you you gotta play hard and we gotta be uh physical and we can be physical uh, out there and normally when we do that we get uh, rewarded that is Jonathan Marsha. So after the Golden Knights wrap up their regular season last night with that five a six nothing win, Dylan secured two goals in the third period, six nothing uh, over the Sharks to uh, pick up. As we said, Shane, forty wins in fifty six games. So the Golden Knights have ten players left from the squad that went to the Cup final in twenty eighteen. Ten guys left on the team. They have eighteen that are still on the roster from last year that went to the conference final. Um, Four guys with cups, right? You got Fleury, Martinez, Petrangelo, and Stevenson, all with cups. So there's more than enough playoff experience on this group, and you know, and they've gone through long runs. I, I always think it's one thing that to make the playoffs, and that's that's an achievement yeah. in itself. Half the league misses it pretty much, but to make runs like they've made 
over these last few years uh, is pretty impressive. And they've got that experience that they'll carry on with them into to game one, either against the Blues or the Wild. And it's the other the thing about the experience, and think back to this year, something another one of those things that got brought up time and time again, and it was usually after the success and you watch a win, their ability to win different ways. I think that is so valuable when you get to the postseason because you hit every scenario you hit in the regular season, whether it's a come from behind, whether it's, you know, you don't have your legs but you grind one out or you're, you're dominant one night or your power play penalty kill, your special teams lead you. Whatever way it is you win, when you get in that situation, as, as these guys have, their experience, now you're into the postseason, you can reflect on that. You have something to look back on and say, okay, this is how we handled, this is where we found success doing it this way. And, and, and that's, that's what an experienced team does. They, they feed off that past memory and they utilize that to bring success in the postseason. So uh, you look at these two teams, you can talk about either of them. One of the, the main focus points is going to be the battle in the blue paint. St. Yeah. Louis and Minnesota, especially Minnesota. Every time we played, both coaches talked about it. Whatever team's going to clear the front of their net and take care of the pucks there, and whatever team's going to win the battles in front of the offensive net to score goals. Um, real good defensive structure on both sides of it. I think breakouts are so important when you're playing heavy four-check teams like both St. Louis and Minnesota. Your ability to alleviate pressure, you got to have puck support. you got to be able to get out quickly. And when the Golden Knights do that, their transition game can be so quick. Uh, and, and we've seen all year they, their ability to, to, to bring and to activate their defense core up into the rush, up into the offensive zone. Uh, second in points in the NHL by blue liners were the Golden Knights uh, D-man and first in goals. Uh, that's going to be a big key for them. Uh, and then just their ability to attack in waves, to, to, to get in the floor check and to, to roll four lines and, and to be heavy and to wear down, to grind down the other team. That's what I, that's what I like the way the Golden Knights are built. Not only can they find offense, 20, 20 games this year at five-plus goals. Yes. Uh, then defensively they led all areas. Uh, physically, they can be there. Block shots, they were number one in the league per per game. Uh, so all those areas they're able to check this year, that 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 makes them built for the playoffs. Now it's just <laughs> the, the key word for it is to, to go and execute. So they, they've talked a lot, Shane, since, since the bubble last year, since losing to Dallas in the conference final about having to find – different ways to score goals, right? Yeah. They felt they scored a lot off the rush last year, maybe not so much from cycling in the offensive zone, traffic in front of the net in the offensive zone. The goals dried up. We all remember they scored 12 goals in the final eight games of the playoffs. It started in that Vancouver series where Thatcher Demko came <laughs> in and they, they, you know, it was just, they kind of thought it might have just, it was like mentally they couldn't get over that hurdle, carried into the Dallas series and they end up losing. Have you seen this year um, enough of a sample size to show you that they have been able to develop other ways to score, which they'll need come playoff time, which is coming up right around the corner. Well, that's where a lot of the emphasis was this season from the coaching staff was to get to the net. And, you know, just think back to last night, Keegan Colasar, Will Carey, driving the net. Uh, that That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to drive the net. It's going to be uh, Keegan Colasar, what do you tell Darren Millard? Uh, the dirty areas. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get to the dirty areas. Uh, there's lots of garbage going a lot of different terminology you can use but the, the, that's the space where you've got to find it and it's it's a battle in that area everything gets amped up uh goaltenders are so good now you see them make that first save they see a shot good chance they're going to save it 
Um, I think their power play at times when it gets hot can be very effective, and it's it's something they can lean on. But uh, yeah, the scoring off the rush power play. But I think it's going to be that's going to be the area of the Golden Knights, and I think that they're built better for that. You, you've seen guys like Nick Waugh come in the lineup, big body. Uh, you know, Alex Tuck's so good at speed driving the net. Uh, you know, get pucks to the net, get people there. I think there's a more of a willingness because they've gone through where they didn't have success for that. Now they understand. That, that, that's another one of those learning points you take from a past, uh, you know, experience where things didn't go your way, and now it's a matter of implementing into your new game plan. The Blues, uh, and as we said, it, it could be St. Louis. Uh, just depends on where, where things finish here. Uh, an interesting an interesting case study with them this year, Shane, there, there were times where you weren't sure they were going to make it, right? They had lost seven in a row at one point into into early April. You know, Craig Berube was was very outspoken. You know, the Golden Knights went into St. Louis. They won 6-1. to one, um, And then they lost the next night 3-1, to one, which kind of was the, the game Mark Stone made the comments afterwards about yeah. guys that need to get uh, that need to uh, that get paid and need to score. But the Blues, since kind of that, that dip, and they've pointed to that game against Vegas. Remember, Jordan Bennington had the 50 saves that night. We're coming. We're coming. Well, he was right. They've lost once in regulation in their last 11. They, they finish up their season tonight. They're at home against Minnesota. But a veteran group, not even, you know, a two years removed from the Stanley Cup, still a lot of the key people, you know, who, who they don't have. Alex Petrangelo, they don't have Jay Bullmeister, who retired. Colton Pareko's back after having a back problem for most of the year. But a veteran group that's been there and that has kind of figured it out late in the season when it seemed like they were just kind of a step forward and a step back for most of the first few months. And that's what we were talking about earlier in the show, you know, careful to pick your opponent. Yeah. Uh, to me, both these teams are, are going to be a challenge for the Golden Knights, whether it's the Wild or the Blues. Uh, the Blues team, St. Louis is a team, as you mentioned, they've come on. They understand this time of year. They've got, they've got you know, their captain. O'Reilly, Conn Smythe, the winner. He he understands how about certain players recognize this time of the year, and as they get the playoffs, their game elevates. Uh, the biggest thing they're missing, I think defensively, they're not as strong as when they won the cup. But there's a lot of pieces there that you know understand. Okay, let's go. They understand what it takes. They've got a bunch of guys that have been through it. Uh, the, nothing's going to be easy whether you pick the Blues or the Wild. And I think the Blues have been playing better than the Wild here heading in. The Wild have given up a lot of goals yeah. over their last eight, nine games. And with Minnesota, and we, you know, we've kind of touched on it, it's just the, you know, the Golden Knights have had their issues, honestly, against the Wild. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's easy to forget, and it's a while ago now. The Golden Knights beat them the first two games here uh, at T-Mobile back in uh, early in the season in, in January. The last two games in Minnesota – Vegas loses 6-5, should have won that game, right? That was the, Minnesota was in that stretch of all yeah. these comebacks late. Robin Leonard had a tough night. He even talked about it after the game. He had to make more saves. Yeah. They, they scored three goals late, three, not two, yeah. they, they, to win the game in regulation. You can play this game all night long. If the Golden Knights had taken a point out of that game, a point, it's over. Vegas also went 9-0 and in overtime this year. Yeah. Those are nine huge extra points as well. Anyway. The next night, the Golden Knights, or two nights later, but the next game, they come back and they win in overtime in Minnesota on the Petrangelo goal. And Pete DeBoer even talked about them kind of getting over this hurdle against the Wild. They've they've done pretty well against Minnesota this year. Sometimes I think that kind of gets lost in the mix. I mean, 3-4-1 and one is what it is, but it's it's respectable and probably could have been better. And if I'm the Golden Knights, and that 
both these teams are going to be tough, but I feel confident against either. I, you know, we're certainly we've talked about it. Where do they want to finish? They want to be they want to be first. You want to be the yeah. President's Trophy winner, and they're going to need a little help from the Kings. If not, okay, you, you reset and you get ready. But uh, yeah, the Wild it was it was big for them to win that last game, and I I think just you know. From a mental standpoint, to, to have that in the back of your mind and saying, yeah, you came over that, overcame that hurdle, but I'll go back to it again. You, you get to the postseason. I think the biggest thing for me, the strength, something I really looked to them to do was what they talked about, and then they backed it up. Build their game. Build towards this playoff game. And, and I think they really did that with certain details, a lot more structure, a uh, lot more, you know, just the execution of smart decisions, puck plays, puck support, uh, defending in layers, always had somebody there. Uh, those those type of things were, were a lot sharper, and that's what you want to have sharp heading into the end of the season so that you're at your best here, whoever you face in round one. It's nighttime at noon with Dave and Shane. A reminder for you, Golden Knights fans, the best way to show your team spirit, no matter where you are in Nevada, is with a Vegas Golden Knights license plate. A VGK plate is a great way to night up your vehicle and show everyone on the road what team you root for. Go to dmvnv.com slash plates today to show your Golden Knights pride. Dave and Shane with you. One final segment to come. We're going to take a look at some of your questions and get through as many as we can. We have some. We got some doozies already today. So we'll take a look at those after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The, the best goalie tandem in the league. Um, I, I like to think that trophy, and I'm sure they would say this is a is a, is also a team defense trophy. And I think they got. Uh, some good help from our uh, commitment to defending, uh, but those, those two were outstanding every night for us. We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. That was Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer after his team's 6-0 route of the Sharks to wrap up the regular season last night. The VGK finished the 2021 season at 40-14-2. and 82 points in the books for the Golden Knights. And they're also the number one goals against team in the league. That gets you the Jennings Trophy for best goals against. Hard to believe Marc-Andre Fleury had (laughs) never won it, right? All those great teams in Pittsburgh. He had never been on a team that that had won the Jennings until last night. Robin Leonard, his second one in three years, he and Thomas Grice uh, for the Islanders. Shared that a couple of years ago, but uh, to Pete DeBoer's point, Shane, uh, 124 goals against the fewest in the league. It's an area that he pointed to from day one when he took over, their recommitment to team defense. He felt most nights, if they can play well defensively, they've got more than enough talent to score, more than enough to win. Yeah, the commitment from the players and then the ability to rotate two number one goalies in a condensed season and make sure they had – you know, a fresh goaltender each night, uh, you know, most important position. And certainly there was the time there where Fleury had to run with it when Leonard was out of the lineup injured. Uh, real terrific year by both Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, more Marc-Andre Fleury just because kind of a, I don't want to say a bounce back. He's had such a tremendous career, but really he was great this year when Leonard was out of the lineup. Leonard came back and then, you know, the rotation, both guys have provided solid goaltending for the Golden Knights. All right, your questions here. Hashtag nighttime at noon. And to the point of the goaltenders, Joshua wants to know, um, I think this will be talked about throughout the playoffs, uh, will the VGK goalie rotation happen in the start of the playoffs, or is Fleury 
the proven starter. I heard Pete DeBoer do an interview uh, with TSN up in Canada a couple of days ago, and he was asked this question. The, the guy asked him, I don't know who it was, are you going to flip a coin? It would have been great if Pete said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heads, it's flurry. Tails, it's it's letter. But how do you how do you size it up? Oh, I have flurry. You know, it's 1A, 1B. I have flurry as 1A, but at the same time, I'm not surprised if they stick with a rotation. Yeah. They, what's the record they've had here through this rotation has just been – incredible it's worked for them um and we'll see Uh, every time i give a hard answer i'm wrong so i'm gonna just kind of float here in the middle i wondered if they would break the rotation for the colorado game monday with a chance to wrap everything up so yeah that's the time i thought they'd break it. i thought they'd go to flurry that game they didn't and uh, but that the the rotation may stay throughout but uh, i think flurry this season has had the edge if you look at the the if you look at the play if i look at it this year Mark Andre Fleury's been really good. Yeah. So is so is Robin Leonard. I just have Fleury ahead. Yeah, and it and and I guess it, the answer Pete gave on the TSN interview was he, he feels it's critical to be able to put a fresh goaltender in there yeah. every night in the playoffs. They're going to play every other night, so um, we'll see if they keep this rotation. The final twenty four games of the season they rotated Fleury and Leonard. Billy wants to know Shane, will you guys be on site during road games? For the playoffs, we only get round one. That's kind of uh, unfortunately the rules of, of TV. Um, and the answer is no. Unfortunately, no. we'll be sitting. You can't see it on the radio. We're sitting in Studio Thirty One doing this radio show right now, where we do the road games. Um, so it looks like uh, I don't want to bore everyone with technical issues, but <laughs> if they play one team, we'll be here for the road games in Studio Thirty One. If they play another team, and I can't remember which is which off the cuff right now, they'll be at T-Mobile. We'll be at T-Mobile Arena. Um, David wants to know, who's better at golf, you oh. or me, and how many strokes is Dave getting? Dave doesn't get any strokes when I play Shane. And Dave's I feel like actually I decent, but he, he can't. He has. I don't know if you beat me. I've come close. We've tied. We tied. Yeah, we're usually time. within Dave's a couple of shots. Dave's actually a good golfer. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Believe it or but, not, but more, an athlete. Usually, I can I can get on him. I can yeah. get under his skin, yeah. chirp him when he's close, and then he just he just and mad. then he I just get melts. Mad. Then I get mad. Then I then oh, I have yeah, a I bad did. shot. He does get mad, and then I just get highly annoyed. Uh, all right, King Sin wants to know. This one's for you, Dave. Are you cheering for Brady and the Bucks or the Pats and Belichick week four? Four in Foxborough coming up on October third. Um, the Pats. I mean, I, I love Tom Brady. Six Super Bowls. What's not to love with the Patriots? But uh, he doesn't play for that team anymore. And uh, it's time to move on. Aren't you a Raiders? Fan? Go Pats. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to go see a yeah. game at at Allegiant. I would absolutely love that. Uh, that would be that would be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, go Pats in um, in Week Four. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, what else do we have here? We have any other questions? That was, I think, that was most of them. Um, so the Golden Knights um, off today. They'll get back at it practice-wise tomorrow. The one other thing we should touch on, Shane, is what their what the Golden Knights lineup is going to look like <laughs> when they start the playoffs. You know, no Alex Tuck for the third period last night. Pete DeBoer said it was just precautionary. If if it was a different scenario in the game, he could have yeah. played, but there was no reason no reason to risk anything. But they haven't seen Max Pacioretty. Uh, in the final uh, six games of the regular year, Tomas Nosek, the final nine, Ryan Reeves, the final 16, and then Alec Martinez, who had missed one game all year, got injured in the second to last game of the season. Not sure about his availability, and as we said, Tuck didn't play the third period last night. You, now, you, the hope is now you've got a few days, right? Yeah. You're either going to start Sunday or Monday to try to get these guys healed up a little bit as best they can and ready to go. Well, you're not, you're not going to see anybody at the rink today and tomorrow. 
give them the chance to rest and, and hopefully recover for some of those guys who have been out here at the end of the year. Uh, key, key guys, you know, when you talk about Patrick, Eddie, all of them have played, or Tomas Nosek played such a big role there, pivotal for a while. He's, you know, on the hottest streak of his career. Ryan Reeves brings that element in playoffs. He loved to have on that fourth line. And, of course, you know, he's speaking Patch Reddy and Martinez and how valuable they are to this team. Martinez, uh, just a tremendous season. Well, the Golden Knights uh, still to be determined who they're going to play. All depends on what happens with Colorado and L.A. tonight. But great to be back at it with nighttime at noon. Dan Duva, Gary Lawless have you covered tomorrow. Of course, the uh, Golden Knights Insider Show, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace, 4-6 to six also uh, later on today. Our thanks to Garrett Calloway and to Jared Justice. And thanks for tuning in nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.